across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, I have a good guest for us today. I have Naomi Finlay from the East Coast of Australia outside of Sydney. And man, she is making a lot of waves with some of her views on how real estate agent stagers should be paid and how they should be treated and also what people are doing wrong when they're selling their house and and what actually it really is that kills the sale. So we're going to find out a lot of things today and take home some actionable content. So without further ado, Naomi, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much, Pat. It is so wonderful to be with you guys today. I'm really, really looking forward to having a chat. Why don't you give our audience a little bit of background on you, Naomi, uh, so they can get to know you better? No troubles at all. Um, So as Pat mentioned, my name is Naomi Finlay. Um, I work in the home staging industry in Australia and I'm originally actually from Health Sciences. So I grew up on the east coast of Australia Um, and worked in the healthcare system in medical science for many, many, many years before following my real estate and staging passion um, and leaving the mothership of um, medicine and coming across to the home staging industry. So we have um, a bricks and mortar business on the east coast of Australia where we work with, um, in partnership with agents and with Um, clients or vendors as well as property investors when they're selling or having their homes valued Um, and we also have an online education platform on naomifinlay.com which works with people all around the country and all around the world on on how to prepare their homes and how to present their homes to sell them for more. Wow wow and that's really what it's all about right is is getting not only the house sold in a timely manner, but getting more money. And before the call started, we were chatting a little bit. You had an interesting view on stagers becoming part of the real estate agent's team if they're not already and or becoming part of the process, kind of like where they don't get paid unless the agent gets paid. So they're attached to it. So they're, you know, part of the success. So talk to me about that. Yeah, look, I really feel that it's important that everyone in the team that is working with the client or with the seller um, takes responsibility and takes part of the, I guess, part of the... um, a part of the pie, for example, when they're working with a client. I don't particularly believe in everyone working independently. I feel that um, there's so many arms and so many fingers in the real estate selling pot um, that go into making it a win-win-win. So a win for all of the um, partners involved in getting the property ready and getting the property market and getting the property sold as well as a win for the seller and the buyer. 
And so I think that there's a lot to be gained by shifting our mentality from a homestay to purely being a service provision. So, you know, for example, an agent going into the property and going, hey, you really need it staged. Here's a handful of local stages that we've used, you know, and a bit of an off the cuff. Um, I feel that there's a really strong gain in regard to business efficiency, in regard to um, continuity of referral, um, for there to be true solid partnerships formed between agents, between um, stages and all aiming at servicing the client. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the thing. When I got into real estate, uh, people always ask me why I got into real estate 27 years ago. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, I love fireplaces and I love soaring cathedral (laughs) ceilings and I love looking at it wasn't. It was because I wanted to make money. And a lot of the people that I have on my show are incredible business people and incredible salespeople, but they don't have the creative side uh, that a stager has, right? They don't have that right brain, that Uh piece of right brain that takes to understand the difference between a yellow and a beige. And so I I hear what you're saying a hundred percent. And I, and, and I think this, I think that the stager, if it was actually part of your team, now I don't know how you do it in in Australia, but in the United States and Canada, we get feedback. Uh, Everybody that looks at the house, we ask them why they didn't buy it and they tell us why. And then we either send it via email or we call the seller. Now a very assertive agent will call the seller once a week and I think if a stager is part of your team, that the stager should be the one calling the seller because it reflects back on the stages. Like the buyer said, the you know this part of the house was uh, dark and moldy. Well, that then the, why didn't the stager tell them that in the beginning? You know what I mean? So it reflects back. So it, it should actually be the stager that's dealing and handling and receiving and giving all the feedback to the seller about why people are not buying the house. Oh, look, I think you've got a really good point there. One of the things that I think is really important, and we talk to all the time to students that we're educating entering the profession over here, I'm constantly um, discussing with them the fact that the buck stops with them with presentation. I by no means feel that a stager um, or an agent should be a, a scapegoat or the reason that properties always don't sell. However, there's I do absolutely agree with you, Pat, that um, I'm constantly saying to our students that um, there is no excuse for not being upfront, honest, and frank with a st- with a client. So, for example, if they if they chose not to tell them that their um, room was mouldy and dark and smelt because they were worried about offending, then absolutely, when they when that buyer gives feedback, the reason they didn't buy it is because of the dark and mouldy room, then that stager needs to woman up. I don't like using the words man up, but they need to woman up um, because they should have addressed that. If, however, they did address that and the seller or client made a conscious choice, it is still a great opportunity to give them that feedback because it's never too late to rectify it. Right. It should, you should have a left brain person or a person, let's say the agent dealing with, okay, what's the market like? What's changed? Should we alter the price? And then a right brain person or a a stager type person dealing with what people don't like about the house and can we fix it? It's, it's two entirely separate jobs. And, and I guess, um, it can be, 
um, it can be a process where, cool, so what is the feedback coming back? The living spaces aren't expansive enough or the bedrooms are a little too small. Well, what can we change from a staging perspective to change the outcome of that feedback? Mm, right, right. What can we change? Let's look at the pictures. Oh, you know what? You know, why don't we try moving the bed or why don't we try removing yep. that chair? Absolutely. And I think that um, it's important that if the stages aren't involved from a partnership perspective, in many, many, um, in many, many instances, it can be an installation and then off they go until they get the call to destage. Yeah, because how are you supposed to sell? I mean, if you're not getting feedback along the way, I'll give you an example. I have a good friend of mine, Mark Schwager, who is a uh -huh. chili judge. He he, <laughs> he he judges chili and chili cook-offs, but he also makes his own chili. And, yes. and when he enters his own chili, when, when he doesn't win and he loses, all the judges that tasted his chili will say, oh, it was too spicy or, oh, it, it was too thick or, oh, it was uh -huh. whatever. So he could change his recipe and he could he could make better chili for the next chili cook-off. And it's the same thing. If a, if a, a stager is not calling the seller on a regular basis saying, why people aren't buying it it's the same thing they can't get better like mark can't make better chili if he doesn't get this feedback and a seller can't make their house better unless they're getting you know feedback every week rather than just a one-time thing Absolutely. And the same as, you know, styling and staging of properties. I'm a massive believer that so much of it is about research. I'm very well known for saying it's not about cushions and lamps. It's about how to present the property in a way that um, it meets the market, it exceeds its competitors, um, and it displays function of the property as well as allowing people to connect to it. And so there's a lot of aspects from my perspective that go into staging a property well. And, you know, some of that is subjective in some sense. It can be heavily based in research, but given it is a creative um, element, there is still some subjectivity. So not only how can the property vendor, you know, make tweaks and mould and manipulate the property to be the best version it can be that the market is asking for for sale, but it's important that um, a stager gets feedback in a timely and appropriate manner in an appropriate way so they continue to build their arsenal of knowledge of what buyers of these sorts of properties in this sort of area and this sort of price point are wanting right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what what yeah, yeah, what buyers of today are thinking on a on a daily basis. So let's talk about let's get some nitty-gritty as to what people can do to get houses to sell better, right? Or what okay. people are doing wrong. What do you think the number one reason is or one of the number one reasons that that houses don't sell from a staging perspective? You know, the number one reason that I truly believe that houses miss the mark and it affects their sellability from a staging perspective is when people don't do their research. Um, so when people don't sit, do solid objective research around the presentation and preparation of their property in regard to where it sits in the market, what the buyers are expecting, and then what they need to do to their house to meet and exceed that. 
Okay, so so let's say you have a house in the first time buyer range. Uh, you yep. know, somebody there. This is going to be their first house. What what do people want today? What should we be doing from a staging perspective to sell to this age group? You know what you need to be doing is you need to be making sure um, there's great evidence to say that um, a house that is well-maintained is one that 90% of buyers will pay over and above what you want for it. So one of the things you should always be doing is making sure from a maintenance perspective, not necessarily in upgrades or a renovation, but from an everyday maintenance perspective that everything is taken care of. That's one of my number one things. Okay. So as simple as making it extremely tight right absolutely and so you know for example you know in australia one of the things we we all have big driveways so do you guys actually in a lot of places um you know making sure that your driveways are well maintained we have lots of decks and porches making sure that they're well oiled and cleaned and all the nails are still in situ so the things that indicate the house has been well loved and well cared for um, not necessarily upgrading your kitchen bench tops to stone not necessarily changing out your tap fittings for a higher price point for me they're they're upgrades they're about wearing your pro- where knowing where your property sits in the market and meeting it this is actually about as you said making sure your property is tight making sure it presents like a well cared for property because that gives buyers confidence. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, you know, I I I feel like there's a in in the flipping business because I do flips too, where uh-huh. we, we buy houses, fix them up, and flip them. We want to make yep. those houses like they're a, a hotel room at the Ritz Carlton, and and yeah. and, and, <laughs> yes. and and we want them to look like that, even though the buyer may only be twenty five years old. That's what they want from yes. the, for the most part uh, you know most I'm generalizing but that's what I uh, I think a most part of them want is that type of feeling f- on the first house that they buy Absolutely and I think you know there's a couple of reasons for that one of them is that as a general rule people are pretty time poor nowadays mm, And so right. they're not want, they're not wanting to buy a house that unless they're buying it as a flipper then generally if they're, you know, if on that Monday they need to go put a day in at the office or a day in at work, they're not wanting um, to buy a property that often they then have to sink a pile of money, time or energy or effort into unless that's the actual intent. Do you think that the condition of a property is more important nowadays um, than the amount of space? For first-time buyers, let's say for millennials, for these, for this generation of younger people, do you think do you think that they value condition over space? I think that in some locations, yes. I think that um, for us, especially in the metropolitan areas, um, that our millennials um, are much more accustomed to. A more contemporary way of thinking, you know, so um, they would be less stressed, for example, if the bedroom sizes were slightly small or that it was a European laundry than, for example, a baby boomer. What's a, what's a European laundry? Oh, uh, European laundry is effectively um, a laundry just in a cupboard. So Got not, it, like not, stackable. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the less, so the less they have to look at. Like I, I used to have a boss that said, uh, "A clean desk is a clean mind." Oh, you know, and, I actually and, agree and, with him a hundred percent. So, uh, so the same thing. That's kind of how a lot of people will think. You know, if it's if 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 it's compartmentalized and it's it's tight, going back to that word, then yep. uh, to them it's more liberating. It's more free. It's more like less, well, less stuff I have to take care of. Absolutely, because I think our millennials have a very different mindset um, to our our baby boomers, for example. Like I, I feel that there was an expectation um, that baby boomers spent time on the home and start time on the property. You know, Saturday was for cleaning, Sunday was for lawns, whatever it might be. Whereas mm, yeah. <laughs> millennials have, um, you know, rock stars. We were back then. Um, <laughs> yeah, forget so- <laughs> about that. Right? Sunday is for lawns with the riding mower. Yeah. And, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I understand and what it- you're saying. Yeah. Whereas millennials, that that's not part of, generally speaking, obviously, that's not part of their equation. No, no, no. They want to go to a festival on Sunday, right? I mean, uh-huh. they don't want to go, they don't want to mow the lawn. <laughs> what do you mean it's no. therapeutic? What do you mean it's, you've got to do it? Yeah, no, they're like, crazy, you, pay, yeah. you outsource that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Okay, so so what else? What are, what are people? What else are people doing wrong? Do you think that you know what people um uh, I think are overlooking um and and it's been shown that it's one of the number one things that turn people off in a property is light. Um, one of the things that people aren't doing, I guess, are putting um, adequate emphasis on the importance of natural light. Um, and if if you can't get natural light in, because it's obviously all about return on investment, you're not going to be you know, knocking out a, a wall to put in a bigger window just for sale, for example. Um, but the importance of natural light, and um, I think that that's, well, I don't think I know, that that's like a physiological thing. Um, it's not just that people want a bright space. Um, you know, humans react interestingly to full-spectrum lighting. I think it's super important. What does that mean, physiological changes natural lighting has on people? Okay, so natural lighting, there's great evidence to show that people respond differently to natural lighting than they do the standard lighting. And so it, it creates physical change on a physiological level within our bodies when we're exposed to natural light. Okay, so um, so let's talk about that. So from a, a standpoint of whether you're building a house, flipping a house, staging a house, uh, designing a house, whatever, here's the question. What do you think is more important to millennials? Closet space, space to put a dresser and a TV, or window space, natural light? Oh, hands down, natural light. Really? So they'd rather have the natural light over a spot to put a dresser or a spot to put furniture? From my perspective, yeah, because I think that that a lot of millennials are – about the quality of life like you see that in their employment status um, and you see that in their lifestyle wants and needs Um, and so I think from my perspective a lot of times they probably prefer to be a little more innovative with their storage because that's something that everyone is apt to do you can generally be a little more innovative and you can generally be a little more flexible with your storage but you can't create um, we can recreate natural lighting with full spectrum lighting, but it, it's not the same. Yeah, and, and they just—they'd rather have less shit. It's kind of like you said; they—they they would rather have less stuff in a compact 
way and then more of a feeling, right? More of a, yes. more of the light, more of a just an overall feeling. So if we go back to the lawn mowing, like they don't need lawn mowing shoes like we needed on a Sunday. Instead, <laughs> they would prefer to have the natural light, which gives them the festival feeling. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's all about feelings, isn't it? Because it goes back to that clean desk is a clean mind. Well, obviously, a clean desk doesn't really mean that that someone took soap and water and washed your mind out. What it means is <laughs> is, is is you have a feeling of well being. Yes, absolutely. And you can't um, you can't put enough emphasis on that. You can't buy that. No, no, you can't. And and so that's important. So so when you're staging houses, especially in the lower price range, you want to think, you know, is this room, is this house going to give the buyers a feeling of well-being? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. That that that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, give me a third one. Uh, you know, would you say the third best one that people need to think about and they need to do what when they're designing houses or staging houses or, or whatever it is regarding houses? Um, so the third thing that I think is really important is becoming the air traffic controller of your property. So for me, it's um, when people are staging their properties, it's about obviously um, enhancing the highlights and downplaying the lowlights. And one of the ways that you're able to do that is to become the air traffic controller. So by setting your home up with placement and with images in people's lines of sight, you're able to pull them around the property as a general rule in the way you'd prefer they inspected it. Hmm. So give me an example. Like, Like the stager... Let's say if we're going to do this on a team like we talked about, the stager uh-huh. would say, okay, let's go to the street and I want you to get out of the car and pretend you're a buyer and you're going to walk through this house with me and I'm going to explain to you what it's like as a buyer to see your very own house. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Well, basically that's... Well, a little. There's a way that um, obviously you want to get people to the highlights of the property as quickly as you can. Um, so, you know, in zero to two minutes, you want you set your first impression. And, you know, research is showing um, certainly over here that people are viewing properties for between six to 12 minutes, depending on the property size. And so if you have highlights of that property that you're wanting to get across, it's important that you do that early on in the inspection. It's that whole selling with NLP that you're wanting a buyer to have, you know, be saying yes, yes, yes. You're wanting them to be having positive thoughts and positive interactions with the home before they may encounter any low lights of the property. So for me, it's important that we we use furniture placement and we use styling to catch their eye to draw them through the property the way we want them to view it. Wow. And and to explain to them, hey, six to 12 minutes. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if the stager walked them through with a timer and been like, okay, six to 12 yeah. minutes. And they're going to be, I guarantee you that as a seller, they're going to be like, hey, no, 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 no. What about the heavy duty nails in the garage that I put in, you know, or what about, what about this extra electrical panel that I put in? Or what about this? And they'd be like, that is not how it is. I mean, it's going to offend them. But I think people really do expect people to look at their house for an hour. And and the reality, they don't, right? Yes. 
yeah, and they want them to test the cool lighting that they put in and notice all the little nuances that they're extraordinarily proud of. But certainly on a first inspection, um, they're, they're not in there for an hour because they have a list of other properties to go look at. Yeah, I mean, they're really only, and as an agent, you can tell them, hey, listen, they, they're not going to spend time in your house until they come back for a second showing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so it's about maximizing and leveraging that time that you're with them. Yeah, that, that that's funny because I sold my house recently and the people that bought it, we, we took the dog out for a walk while we were there, a really short walk, and we came back and they were sitting in the family room uh, playing with their kids and my wife and I were like, there's no way they're going to buy it because they couldn't even have possibly seen it or seen the yard or seen anything because they're finished uh, before we even finished this dog walk. And But lo and behold, they bought it, you know, and I think that that needs to be told by someone, yeah. uh, an expert like yourself uh, or a stager to the seller. And, and I think you, I think it can really help. I like your idea of walking through with the seller, with a, with a stopwatch, um, because it can... It's really difficult sometimes, I think, for sellers to truly get the perspective of the buyer and truly understand what six to six to twelve minutes in a property looks and feels like. You know, I and I often use that. I find a lot of sellers some days are being a little hard on themselves and their properties, and if anything, have a list that is way too long of things that they want to complete. Um, that many of the things on their items will not get them a return on investment, which is what it's all about. Really, it's not about spending a pile of money on your property so that it looks the best it ever ever did how you wanted it. If it then doesn't make you more money. And so I often say to clients when, you know, we'll be going in a room and they'll say to me, you know, what about this tiny bit of skirting board down behind the bedside table? I'm like, no one is going to look at that. They have <laughs> six to 12 minutes. They're going to stand at the door and they're going to go, cool, great closet, great size bedroom. Okay, on to the next. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm already answering questions in my head because like, you know, some sellers will be like, well, clearly that's not for our size house or our type house. And I guess you can answer that by saying, yeah, well, the six to 12 minutes is an average. So a one bedroom flat in New York city might be three minutes. A house with 19 bedrooms might be 12 minutes. So let's say you're eight or let's say you're 10 or let's say you're 12. It's still a fast showing even at 12 for a for a medium-sized house. Absolutely. And you're right. It is all, all the things that we're talking about, Pat, are um, scalable or variable depending on the exact property. But if we talk about it, the nutshell is that people aren't in there long. They're not. This is very, very, very intriguing to think about this. And I, I agree with Naomi. I think that the stager should be part of your team. The stager should be tied to the compensation in the in the long run rather than just paid for a one-time thing and made more of a regular part of the whole process until the house sells i i agree with this wholeheartedly i love this idea naomi you have you have offered some incredible actionable content for everyone listening all of our rock star nation and we do have listeners in Australia and New Zealand, we're in 74 countries now. So I think after you've been on, we're going to have even more in Australia and New Zealand. I know myself, uh, we are planning a trip to Australia and New Zealand at the end of this year. How exciting. So, yeah, so I'll have look, to get some uh, advice from you. 
Absolutely. Be happy to help. And I think, Pat, you know, um, I'm not exactly sure what the best looking partnership looks like between stages and agents and other professionals that feed into that model um, that help get a property over the line for the, the most money. Um, but what I do know is that there's scope for us to be innovative with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, Naomi, I'm going to put all of your information on hybendigital.com backslash Naomi. And uh, you're my only Naomi on of 300 some <laughs> episodes. So I won't have any problems. So it'd be N-A-O-M-I, right? Correct. So guys, everything we talked about will be in the show notes there. Hybendigital.com backslash Naomi. All of Naomi's contact information, her website, everything will be links there. Please log on and let her know what you thought of our show. And thanks so much for coming on, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. It was a really big pleasure. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal-setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.